everybody and welcome to the football fig nuts podcast i'm brit i guess i'm craig and i'm really upset today craig I can, before we even get to the beer i just can't why why are you upset my chiefs lost to the giants they did coming off they a bye did. which is supposed to be like andy reed magical mystical fun time and yep and uh, there is not enough holiday ale in the world to get me through this. Really? I'm going to try. None of that will help you? Uh, I'm sure it will. You know what? I'm going to open a Two Roads Holiday Ale right now. Nice. So what are you drinking, Craig? Um, well, other than one of those in waiting for me, I am drinking a a beer from, yet again, Two Roads. From It's called Ground Loop. It's a sour saison. They did that in uh, collaboration with somebody. Was it Stillwater? It was Stillwater Breweries that we actually went up to kind of by accident on our little Yeah, we were driving back from somewhere, and I just looked at Craig and went, let's stop and get a beer. So we literally just pulled out the phones and searched the nearest brewery, and it was one like two miles down the road in Stillwater. Yep. So we stopped there. It was a nice little place. It's kind of in a weird spot. Yeah, it was in an industrial park. Yeah, you would never know it was there. Yeah, if you didn't know where to find it and they didn't put up signs, you would never find it. It was not something like you'd be driving down this road and say, oh, look, there's a brewery over there. We should stop. Right. You know who else is like that? Oh, what's the one in Stanford? Um, the one that makes Laco Lantern. No, not half full. They're downtown. The one that makes a really strong imperial pumpkin ale called Laco Lantern. What is their name? I uh, will have to look past the internet. Oh, my goodness. Lock City. That's there you it. Go. Lock City Brewing. They're in an industrial park, too. It was hard to find their place, and their parking was not good, but their beer is amazing. Um, so we were happy to stop in there. Anyway, let's get on with the show. I'm going to stop complaining about the Chiefs. That's probably <laughs> a lie, but I'll do my best. This week, we've got games on Thanksgiving, which is why you, this is coming to you early. You're getting this episode early this week. So we're actually going to talk about Thursday games for a change because there's three of them and we need to talk about them. There is three. Uh, we're also going to take, if time permits, a look back at our season predictions. And we're going to talk about, well, I don't know, whatever else comes to mind. So I don't have to talk about the Chiefs losing to the Giants. So, But as always, let's start with burning hot take questions. And I believe it is my turn to lead off this week. Okay. So let's start in the realm of football that is not fantasy. All right. Jerry Jones seems okay. to be on a one-man crusade against the NFL. Mm-hmm. Is there any way this ends other than Jerry Jones just shutting up and sitting down? Mm, I guess the well, can the other owners like vote him out of the NFL? They can. He actually was sent a letter this week. Um, describing that he he was being accused of conduct conduct detrimental to an owner or something like that. The wording on it is like conduct unbefitting of an owner. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. And they do have that language in their agreements. So, yes, the league can say, basically, they can impeach him. I don't know. He might be able to join Zeke. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, (laughs) seriously. (laughs) Seriously, what is his major... Is his major issue the Zeke suspension, you think? Is that what's setting him off? Yes, well, you know, I what? think because at beginning of the year, um, Goodell told him nothing was going to happen. Oh, really? And then all of a sudden, ah, we're going to suspend him for six games. Wow. So I think that's where his problem. You know, the other thing, too, if you think about it, he is not um, young, really. You know, he's 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 in the older range. Yeah. Jerry he hasn't, I didn't realize this. He hasn't won a Super Bowl since the 90s. Yeah. you know, And, and I think that he thought. 
like this year was going to be their year. Oh, no question. No question. He thought they were all set for this year. Let, let's remind ourselves here. And I am not a Jerry Jones fan. So our our cowboy fans are going to be calling for my head here. I'm sure. Um, this is a guy who chased an amazing coach in Jimmy Johnson out of town, handed the reins to Barry Switzer and got another Super Bowl ring out of it, out of one of the greatest teams ever assembled, in my opinion, mm-hmm. and has not had success since, refuses to give up control of the team, builds stadium, signs deals that upset the league, and then expects the owners to listen to him when he's upset with the commissioner. Right. It doesn't make a lick of sense. I'm sorry, Cowboy fans, your owner is a jerk. I'm just going to say most that. Most owners flat are. Out. And I'm sure most owners are. But you know what? And it's rare that I ever defend New England, but I'm going to defend New England here. Wow. When Tom Brady Turn was suspended. First, folks. Yeah, right here. <laughs> Tom Brady was suspended. The uh, Robert Kraft put out a statement saying he disagreed. He was disappointed, blah, blah, blah. He, made his, uh, he went directly to the commissioner and said, hey, I thought we were buds. What the hell? But then dropped. And the next time Roger Goodell was in New England, Robert Kraft made sure that he was glued to the commissioner's side so the media all saw them together and everybody was happy and the issue was dropped. Jerry Jones seems much more intent on making sure that the Cowboy fan base know he's angry. Well, you know what? The commissioner does not care that you're angry. He is sitting in a mansion counting money and laughing. That is what Robert Roger Goodell does. So, so do you think? But though, like Roger Gill, he wants fifty million dollars. I don't think any commissioner's worth like, that. CEOs don't even make. Well, I even mean, know CEOs make a lot of money, but yeah, there's CEOs that don't even make that much. Correct. But the it, CEO of Nike made eighteen million dollars. Well, yeah. So but, what does? Why does Goodell think he deserves that much? Because it's based on what you bring in, and that's the thing. He looks at how much money the NFL brings in, and he sits there and goes, "I'm in. I'm." Heading up the ship, ship of one of the uh, premier sports leagues in the nation or in the world, and I deserve that level of compensation. Whether or not he does or not, I, I don't know. I don't think anybody deserves that kind of compensation. There's nobody so important. If I if I walked into my boss's office tomorrow and demanded a double increase to my salary, they would be replacing me with a new manager in my position. <laughs> Who's making a quarter of what you are. <laughs> exactly. That's it. You know, because I've been there for like seven years. I've been with my, my agency, so... But, you know, if I walked in there and said, you know, I'm, I'm unhappy with my salary. Could we talk about it? I'm sure they would talk to me. I don't know what the solution would be, but it would not be, hey, we're going to double your salary. No. So. No. All right. So that's my question. So first one is how crazy is Roger Goodell? And now we know how crazy Roger Goodell is. What have you got for me today? All right. So last week, the NFL came out with this new view. And I'm making ear quotes because no one can see me except Brett. And I'm not even looking at him. I'm drinking my beer over here looking at my notes. Called Skycam. You mean that one they've had all along, but have only used like one or two plays a game? Yes. Everyone is losing their minds about it. People are calling it the Madden Cam because because that's clearly that's the default view in Madden, and that's what people know. But the XFL had this view in 2001. Yeah, and no one cared. Well, no one watched. Well, I watched. That's part of the problem. (laughs) So I just don't understand why everyone is on the hype train for this view when it's been around for <clears throat> like 12 years. Because change is hard for some people, particularly in leagues that have been around for a long time. We've had the exact same view for 150 years. I mean, how old is the NFL? 80-something years old? Uh, I so. They had their 75th anniversary when I was in college, and that was almost 20 years ago. So they're going to be over 90 years old at this point. So people just have trouble with change. 
Um, I'm fine with it. I don't want to watch an entire game that way. I like going back and forth, but I like on a third on a third and one. I want to see sideline view because that's how I know the guy's going to pick up the first down. Mm. You know, it, but it, first and ten, or you think they're going to air something out on like first and thirty after a bunch of penalties? Do the Madden view. I'm fine with that. I want to see what it looks like from the back when he launches downfield. You know? see why the quarterback didn't make that throw, right? <clears throat> Or on a sack coverage thing. I would like to see it more used for replay, situational replay than actual live. But that's just me. I'm fine with it, though. People just need to chill out. It's yep. just it's just is what it is. Okay. So, okay. Question the third. Okay. This year, or this week, actually, last week, the week before Thanksgiving, the second week of November, the Mr. Plow episode of The Simpsons turned 25 years old. Oh my God, Craig nearly barfed up his beer. I caught him like mid-tilt as I said that, and he did have to grip his chair and adjust his mind. How old did you say it was? 25 years old. It was, and he's drinking again. (laughs) It was from season four, believe it or not, and they're in their 29th year. That episode was nominated for an Emmy. Okay. And Dan Castanella who was the voice of Barney and Homer, who, if you remember, he did like 80% of the lines in that because it was a Barney versus Homer episode. Yep. Won an Emmy for that this year. On your list, and I'm not asking you to rank them, but Mm -hmm. is that a top 10 episode for you all time? The Mr. Plow episode? Yes. It is. Because that was back when... Without ranking them, how high would you put it in your top 10? Uh, top five, bottom five, at least five or six, five Middle or six. Of the pack. Yeah. Uh, because that's back when I think Conan was still writing for them. Then Conan was the executive, was the producer. Sorry, not the executive producer. He was the, the producer who actually that, worked on that episode. That's back when the Simpsons, that's like, we still quote lines from that era of the Simpsons. Yep. Now I read a great article and I'll send you the article later and I may even put it up on the website later. There was an article where they interviewed all the individuals involved in that episode. Why is your cat looking at me? What does she want? She wants to be on the podcast. You want to talk about the Simpsons fee? <laughs> okay. Now, now she's distracted. Now, now she's looking at. Oh God, what is she going to knock over? No, right, I'm sorry. Back to the Simpsons. We're on a clock today, folks. We, we are. Gotta, we got to get this one in. So, um, they interviewed Dan Castanella, who does not give a ton of interviews. They talked to Conan. They talked to the writers. And they said it was just one of those magical episodes. Normally, the writers walk, the guy walks into the room with the, the, the lead writer and goes, All right, here's my pitch. And then people add jokes. They change details. They come to a consensus how they want. He made his pitch and they all went, wow, that's genius. Let's just roll with it. Go. Wow. Apps go. And Conan was like, I loved it from the pitch room. And then we went through the read through and the actors were kind of like, eh. And, you know, in retrospect, he realized the reason the actors were eh was because 80% of the lines came from one actor. That like, True. like, you know, Marge has two lines in that episode, and most of them are like telling Homer to put on the jacket and come to bed. But Do you know that jacket makes uh, into another episode? Yes, it does. Doesn't doesn't she try to donate it and he stops her? Uh, they're going through his closet of stuff, so the bowling ball is in there. Yep. Uh his ten gallon hat when he was the manager. Yep. Was in there and the jacket. When he was, was a country in there. manager, right? Yep. Yep. And the jacket, the Mr. Plow jacket. Now, the funny last thing about this episode before we move on, because it is a really great episode. It is. Um, the Mr. Plow song that that's my name, Mr. Plow. The name to know is Mr. Plow. The writer put that in and said, we'll come up with something better by the time we record. He put that in for the pitch and the writers loved it so much. It didn't bother to try to write anything better. 
well, because you know, it was so simple and stupid. They it's just something left Homer it would in. sing. It really was. So um, great episode of The Simpsons. Top top ten for Craig. Probably top five for me. Um, you know, I think you got to take the specialty episodes out, like the tree houses and the Christmas specials and stuff like that, when you rank your Simpsons episodes. Favorite episode: Hank Scorpio. Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a top five for me too. Favorite episode of The Simpsons. Oh my goodness. My favorite episode of The Simpsons is probably when Homer goes to the chili cook-off and meets Johnny Cash as the space coyote and goes on a mystical find quest. Find a soulmate, Homer. Yeah, goes on a mystical quest to find he a soulmate. The, he kicks the turtle. Yep. The turtle makes the pyramid taller. That is one, That is probably my all-time favorite episode personally. Um, hey, mister, you don't want to get wax in your mouth, do you? And, of course, the, the, the great line, there's two great lines from that for me, in addition to the ones you've already quoted, because you've quoted a couple that are really good. I think he says something like, when he's in the lighthouse, he says, I'm a tiny, insignificant speck on a giant ball of dirt circling around a cold, indifferent sun, or something like that. <laughs> I think that's really, that's really deep for Homer. And then he yells, why, universe, why, and throws his arms out, and Bart and Lisa are brushing their teeth. And they look out the window, and they see the spotlight created on the clouds by the lighthouse and they see the outline of their father because he's standing in the oh, lighthouse top yeah. yep. and Bart goes is that dad and Lisa goes either that or Batman has really let himself go <laughs> and that's one of my that's just one of my favorite moments so uh, find your soulmate Homer we could do an entire podcast on Simpsons episodes we could maybe that's what we're going to do during the off yeah, season yeah folks if you have any ideas to fill up this podcast in the off season of football because as soon as I'm as far as I'm concerned we're going to do like a Super Bowl recap like the second week of February and then we got to find something to fill us until July because we could do like a monthly episode we could do it well then the draft is in April okay so there's one what are we doing in March? Combine. I don't know. The combine. And welcome to the NCAA preview <laughs> of the football, I mean, basketball fig nuts. I, don't I mean, know we could go into other sports. I don't know. We'll we figure could, it out. I don't know anything else. I barely know football. <laughs> I mean, the silence uh, there isn't re- yeah. reassuring there, Craig, but is thank it? you. I know. I know. So, oh, hi, right. Deb. Oh, yeah. Hi, Deb. Deb is probably listening to this at her desk. Um, you know, I didn't hear from her. We talked to Deb on Sunday and she was a little concerned because she was going to be like flying solo at work with her managers all in a, uh, a meeting this week. So I kind of hope that all went well. Maybe the silence is a good thing. I'll assume the silence is a good thing. I'll assume it did. So, all right, let's talk about week 12. Week 12. How'd it go for you? So, well, week 11, I broke 11 rather technically I cashed technically, I made $2 more than I wagered. So I guess in the most technical form of the sense, I cashed because I made more than I put in. How did you do? You did really well on FanDuel, did you not? You doubled your money. So on FanDuel, I put in 20 and right. got back 48. So you, you more than doubled your money. Did. It was you know? pretty good. I mean, we're not, I think, I think some of our listeners confuse us with high rollers who bet like thousands of dollars. No, or tens I of mean, if of we dollars. had the cash, sure, but. <laughs> I would, Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, so, so I know I did second guess myself with a couple of lineups because I made like 12. And um, sends them all to me and goes, what do you think? I, I literally do. get four lineups <laughs> a day from Craig. And I'm like, that looks good. This one also looks good. And then that I third um, one looks good. I changed a couple and I probably could have cashed a little bit higher. But sorry. nah, like you cashed. Did. did you cashed? Did. Don't ever second guess a cash. Just don't. All right. So on to week 12. So let's talk about um, 
Let's talk about the over-unders and games we're targeting. Okay. One of the things I'm really getting into, and I think this was the, was it Rotowire? The Rotowire guys talk about a lot is implied team totals. And I think I've mentioned them once or twice before, but implied team totals are using the Vegas over-under lines mm-hmm. and the Vegas betting lines, figuring out how what what the what the the in, in, the intended numbers are going to be for a team. So, and I'll, I'll give an example of that in a second, but there is only one game that's over 50 this week, Craig, and looking at the schedule, it's going to jump out to you. I mean, it's not even, it's not even, I'm giving you one guess this week. What's the over under? That's it's 53 and a half. Go. Um, the Saints Rams. Saints Rams. That's it. That's it. 53 and a half. Now using that and using the fact that the line on that game, hold on, is two and a half. Okay. You can do the math, which you don't have to do because Numberfire does it for you. You can go to their website and look it out. You can see that they think that that means LA is going to score 28 points and the Saints are going to score 25 and a half mm-hmm. because the line is two and a half and that's two and a half points of difference between the two numbers and they add up to 53 and a half. So you can use implied team totals to figure out what teams are projected to score big. Mm-hmm. in a week and those are probably teams to target now here's the thing so i just told you la is a 28 point implied total right they're fourth on the list tell me what three teams have better implied totals than 28 uh let me go back to the list yes uh because we there didn't are anything three out this teams week. and your hint is they all play on sunday so i'm gonna take out the three thursday okay. games for you all right all right I don't even know what the Monday game is this week. Does it matter? Not really. (laughs) All right. So what's the implied total? So I'm looking numbers higher than 28. All right. Uh, The Patriots. The Patriots are 32.25 implied total. Yes. All right. Um, The Falcons. Yes. The Falcons are 29 and a half. And the Eagles. The Eagles, 28.75. Very well done. So you see how it's a little bit easier once you see the over-unders and you see the lines you can figure out pretty straightforwardly which teams are high. So I'm going to focus on New England and Atlanta and Philly this week because I think that they're going to have really good weeks. So And that's great because they all play on Sunday, so I don't have to worry about doing a Thursday through Monday pool because I hate Thursday games. I hate Thursdays. I'll still do a couple Thursday pools. Yeah, I did, a, I did a Thursday one. I might do a Thursday only pool this week. but um, So those are, those are the games we're targeting. Uh, those are the games I'm targeting. Now... Conversely, there are a couple games under 40 in the over-under. Oh, my. Uh, Let's see. One, two, three, three? Three. Three games with an over-under of under 40 points. Wait, one, two. Really? Four. Four. Four games. And you know what? In the interest of time, Mm -hmm. go ahead. Go go for it. Three strikes. Go for it. Uh, Bengals-Browns. Cleveland and Cincinnati is an over-under of 38. Ding, ding, ding. All right. Uh, Titans-Colts. Titans-Colts. No, that's a 44. Um, Broncos-Raiders. Uh, 43 and a half. Strike two. Damn. Bills-Chiefs. Bills-Chiefs. Where are you? No, 45. You All strike right. out. Chiefs, by the way, are 10-point favorites this week. I don't see how that's physically possible. Would you take that bet? No, I would take Buffalo. You'd I take would take Buffalo. Buffalo. I think that game's going to be close, and the Chiefs are likely going to lose it because the Chiefs have no clue what they're doing right now. 
Even yeah. though they're at home. So there we go. You just triggered me on this. All Uh-oh. right, I'm going to go. Uh-oh. With Andy Reid says the Chiefs need to stick together. No. The Chiefs need to look each other in the eye and go, what are you doing at this point? It is time for challenging. It is not time for kumbaya and standing around the fire. Alex Smith needs to look at every member of his offense and say, what the hell are you doing? Marcus Peters, I know he's hurt, but still needs to look at every member of that defense and go, what the hell are you doing? And Andy Reid needs to sit down with each of his coaches and go, what happened in New York? Why did the offense not click? Why did the offensive line not open better home holes for Kareem Hunt? Against the Giants, who are weak both. They are the worst defense in the NFL. It is not time for hand-holding and happiness. It is time for accountability in Kansas City because you are on the brink of losing this season. You are 6-4, and four, and the only reason you're in the playoff race is because everyone else in your division is 4-6 and six or worse. But Denver is looking at you, and they are not using Paxton Lynch yet because they think they have a chance to end up 9-7 and seven and win the division because you are bad at 6-4. and four. You've lost four of your last five games. You need to buck up. So there is my message to the Kansas City Chiefs. I am a longtime Chief fan. I have followed you guys for a very, very long time. I have never been more concerned about the lack of passion on this team than I see right now. And that is not going to come from the coaching staff. Everybody needs to look in the mirror and figure out who they are and what they want out of the season. End of story. And it is. You're right. I'm an armchair quarterback. I'm a fat He's guy. He's in an armchair sitting, right now. I'm in an armchair. I'm a fat guy sitting in an armchair talking on a podcast. It is real easy for me to talk about what the Chiefs should and shouldn't do. But I haven't dropped four of my last five games and lost to a 1-8 team that literally has one wide receiver on it. Now, here's a question for you. I'm done, by the way. Okay. I need to take a deep breath. We're nowhere near Kansas City. Yeah. How'd you become a Kansas City Chiefs fan? Uh, I was in high school with a guy who was a massive Chiefs fan who relocated to Kansas City and every Monday. This is in the prodigy age. This is like the I 90s. I'm old man, yeah. In the 90s, every Monday morning, he would come in with printed statistics and talk about his Chiefs and, you know, talk about, you know, um, Steve DeBerg and... Uh, wow. You know, yeah, exactly. And the Nigerian <laughs> Nightmare Quay. and Barry Word and stuff like that. And I, I just kind of latched onto it because I wasn't a big football fan until the 90s, you know. And I graduated All from right. high school in 93. I'm an old man. So, you know, I kind of that's how I kind of latched on to them. And then Montana came along and they had that magical one year run where they made it to the AFC championship. And I just kind of stuck with it from there. So, OK, all right. That's that's the end of that story. But I apologize for the rant. But I am again. And you know what the funny part is? I was thinking about this last night. Yep. Our friend Cinch sat in for me five weeks ago. Yeah. Since Cinch sat there and said, and I believe his exact words were Brit needs to just acknowledge that the Chiefs are a real deal. They are one in five <laughs> since that. I'm sorry, one in four since he sat here. And I'm not going to say so Chief Cinch is the Chief. Cinch is never coming back. No, on no, no. Podcast. Cinch is always welcome on this podcast. It is not Cinch's fault that they stink. <laughs> but that is why I reserve judgment. I have seen this before where the Chiefs start hot. Never forget, there was a year they started 10 and 0, went 13 and 3, and lost their first playoff game at home in the Elvis Gerback era. So. Just saying, I that's why I'm a very skeptical Chief fan. So that's fair. Not Cinch's fault. Not by a mile. I'm a Bengals fan, so I don't expect much. 
So. Well, that's that's the thing. I mean, I've said I've been on record in this before, and I'll stay on record before. And and I say this with with a waiver claim in for Andy Dalton this week because I am woefully unprepared everyone at quarterback. Everyone on team, your team is hurt. Yeah, can we can we just talk really quickly about my yeah, my go, team too? Sure. So going into the game Sunday night, I was a I was up by twenty, and I was favored to win the game by forty. Dak Prescott was my quarterback, and he posted literally a zero. And my kicker got a concussion on covering the first kickoff. So he posted a zero because he got an extra point and then with his concussion went out there and missed a 34 yarder. And that was when, and that was, there's where the concussion protocol actually worked. It was the neuro consultant who was watching the replay like 20 minutes later and said, that guy needs to be evaluated. And they pulled him off the field. Because nobody thinks a kicker needs to be evaluated, but he made a tackle. He led with his helmet a little bit, and he got jammed in the head. And then he missed a, a field goal he would make nine times out of ten. And the neuro consultant from the booth said, pull that guy. I want to talk to him. And sure enough, now he's in the protocol. And now he's going to be released from my team or replaced with whatever kicker's on the waivers because that's how it works in fantasy football. But, you know. Yep. Anyway. Yep. So, um, Yeah. All right, so week 12. Sorry, I'm getting myself way off track. Where were we on week 12? We talked about the over-unders. Yep. Um, so people to target. I have not done my DraftKings numbers yet because a lot of people have not put out their their stuff yet. You've put together a FanDuel lineup. Let's talk a little bit about what you like on FanDuel this I week. I did, but on FanDuel, I did only do uh, Thursday games. Yeah, we haven't even gotten to Thursday, so let's start there. So Thursday, we've got three games. We've got the two traditional games, and then we have the night game that fluctuates. We've got Minnesota at Detroit. Mm-hmm. That's an over-under of 44.5. Not terrible, not great. Uh, Chargers at Dallas. That's an over-under of 48. So that's pretty good. And uh, Dallas, and that's even. So yep. that's a that's even odd. So Vegas thinks that's a 24-24 game. Yep. So, um, and then we got Giants at Washington, 44.5, and Washington is a 7.5-point underdog. So that means, you know, they expect them to score about 28 points or so. Mm-hmm. So who do you like in these games? So uh, one lineup, I'm going heavy with uh, Washington because they're playing the Giants. It, at home. At home. On Thanksgiving night. On Thanksgiving. And I'm going a little bit heavy on the Chargers. Let's see what the implied total is in that game. Which game? Both of them, actually. I mean, we might as well check them both. With a scattering of Dallas, but not much. Okay, hang with me for a second here, folks. Washington's implied total is 26. And the Chargers, you said? Mm-hmm. Chargers' implied total is 24, which is what I said. Dallas' implied total is 24, and right. Washington's is 26, and the Chargers is 24. So that's that's pretty solid numbers. I don't know that Dallas is going to score 24 points against the Chargers. Yeah. I mean, probably, How? probably not. But the main person I'm targeting is Bryant because he's their him. only he's really their only offensive weapon now. Him and Witten are the only two. Yeah, that's I mean, pretty much it. And even with him getting double teamed, he still makes catches. Even so Cole like, Beasley's been disappointed. If you year. look at his numbers, it's from going back to week one. It's um, I'm going to just round up. Yeah. Five, 15, eight, 12, 13, 15, six, 10, six. 11. And yet he is not a top 10 wide receiver this year, by the way. No. I use the CBS Sports app to look up who is in the top 10 right now. And right now he's not in the top 10. So um, there's that. So, all right, so I can see using Washington. I can see using Dallas. So in Dallas, you're focusing mainly on Dez. Who do you like on Washington? Uh, Washington, I'm going for a little quad fecta. 
Um, oh, you're, so you're really stacking on Washington right now because they're playing the Giants. Right. Giants are almost at the Cleveland level. <laughs> Not no, I, I think Cleveland's a better down. team. I really do. Even after what I saw on Sunday, I think Cleveland's a better team than the New York Giants. Um, I'm sorry, Giant fans. So I like Cousins, Crowder, uh, their defense, and Davis. Vernon Davis? Okay, so I- I'm with you there. I like Cousins this week. I like Vernon Davis a lot unless Reed comes back and he is questionable right now. I haven't read anything on him yet. Um, I like Samaj Perrine because Chris Thompson is out mm-hmm. and they're going to lean on Perrine again. Um, and the Giants can't stop the run except for Kansas City. And I think that was more a function of the offensive line in Kansas City than the actual Giant defense. I think I think Kansas City has gotten too cute on offense and that killed them against the Giants. I think Washington runs a much more straightforward offense. My issue with using Crowder is I don't know who they're going to look at, Crowder or Dachshund. Change it, it seems to change know. every week, so it's a I guessing feel like game. Crowder's. I almost want to use them both. Little, you know, like a little more the number one, but I almost want to use them both in a Thursday only pool. Give me Cousins, Crowder, and Dachshund. FanDuel limits you though. How many people can you use from one team? Three or four? Uh, four. Four. So if you use, you see, there you go. So if you use Cousins, you'd have to make another lineup. You are and Vernon Davis, and both wideouts. You couldn't use Perrine. Or you could use Perrine and c- kill one of the wide out, wideouts. I don't know. I don't know. I'm going to take a look at it, too, because I'm probably going to play in FanDuel this week as well, even though I got crushed in FanDuel last week. So uh, the Chargers. But the Chargers also have a predicted outcome of 24 points. So is there any Chargers we like? Uh, well, honestly, I still like Eckler. What did he do this week? I didn't even see him. Eckler, aim. And why are people on him? Gordon's been great. The problem with Gordon is he's still. Gordon needs carrier that carries. He needs 20, 30, you know, 20, 25 carries a game. He's the number nine running back in he's fantasy. He's not going to get. He's not going to break eight. a run for 80 yards. But he did against Cleveland. Not consistently. I mean, he's done it. <sighs> I don't know. I, I'm not big on the Eckler train. I like Gordon. Plus I don't Eckler's, like Philip Rivers. Plus, plus Eckler's cheaper. Right. I That's don't know. Keenan Allen had that big game in week 11. Yeah, where did he come from? I don't know, but... You want to know? Out to, actually, let me go back. I think it actually promoted him into that top 10 wide receiver. Let me go Hold back on. a screen. I'm going to tell you what the perfect lineup would have been last week on FanDuel. Keenan Allen, number six wide receiver in fantasy right now. After right. that huge week, he vaulted to number six. This is week 11. This would have been the perfect... Lineup FanDuel, on lineup. FanDuel. Okay, go for it. Kirk Cousins. Not shocking. 3.5% owned. Yeah. Salary of 8,225 points. Okay. Running back, LaShawn McCoy. 12% owned. 25 points. That was a surprise to me. 8,000. Mark Ingram. 16% owned. 23 points. Not shocking. Keenan Allen. 3.5% owned. 34 points. No, no, that... He's going to have those explosive games, and people don't know right. when to pick it. So it's three point four. Yeah, Kenny Stills, 0.8 percent. He's owned. another one. He's hit or miss. This, this smell points. This is a tournament lineup because Stills is the big home run hitter. Okay, so go yep. on. Who's the next one? Brandon Cooks, 23 percent owned, 23 points. Yep. Tight end, 0.002 percent owned. Ricky Seals Jones. Yeah, out 18 in Arizona. Points. He's got some sort of magic with uh, what's his name with Gabbert. Stefan Gronkowski, Steven, sorry. Steven. Uh, 13% owned, 20 points, because FanDuel uses kickers, not right. flex. And then the Baltimore defense, 8% owned, 26 points. Okay, so here's the big takeaways from that. 
Who were the guys? You still have it on your screen? I just started yep. clicking. Yep. Who were the guys over 20% owned? Um, Let's say over 10% owned. Over Okay. Over 10% owned. Um, Goskowski. Okay. Kicker. Not really worried about it. No. Nope. Braden Cooks. Brandon 23%. Cooks. And you said over 10%, right? Yeah. Mark Ingram. Ingram. McCoy at 12. Okay. And that's it. So you go chalk at running back and one wide out slot. You've got to find the magical. You got to find the magical spot Which at tight someone end. Someone had close to this lineup and they won two hundred grand. Yeah, yeah. You have to and hit. It made that. me want to throw my phone. It's, and this is this is why. And that's the thing. These perfect lineups are tournament lineups. You've got the two or three guys who are chalky. They're in the ten to twenty percent range in ownership. There's you got to find those exact two or three guys. But then you've got to find the two or three guys who are going to be under three percent. And in this case, like a tight stills. end and a fraction maybe used in what? So wait, that's point zero zero two. Yep. So that is two out of every one thousand lineups. So one every five hundred lineups use this tight end, and he came, he went off. That's the hard part, and that's why I don't play tournaments much. No, I, I do can't randomly. Find those guys, I do randomly just. But you cash it up. You cash. You're not going to win twelve thousand dollars in it because you need to be able to identify you need those this tight lineup. ends. You need to find that tight end. Yep. That's the big thing. Who, what tight end did you use this week? Um, I have to look it up. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Damn it. No, it's easy to get to. You probably used somebody that was in the 10 to 20% ownership range. You went chalk. Because mm. tight end has been a crazy shit show this year. Um, I, I used Ertz. Ertz. What was his ownership? Uh, I'm going to go 23%. I don't know if this will tell me. FanDuel is really weird. Yeah, their app is a little weird. It's yeah, it's it's not intuitive, particularly their player replacement. I know you've complained to me about that as well. Yeah, so, um, it's probably higher. It's probably higher. I'm gonna guess. And Gronkowski. Can I just tell you? Yeah. I thought he was gonna have like a 200 yard game against the Raiders, but it went to Cooks. He got five points. Went to five Cooks. points. It went to Cooks. Now in DraftKings, I was in pools where Kareem Hunt was 80 percent owned this week. 80% is an insane ownership because it was against the Giants because it was against the Giants. That's the thing. And that's, you know, that's where you you talk about being contrarian. That's the term they use. And that's when you go against the common sense pick like a Kareem Hunt. This week, it would have worked. LaShawn McCoy is a contrarian pick. I didn't think he was going to have a big week. People would have thought, well, Kareem Hunt's only like $200 more or so. He's a perfect fit. He's much more better much more better. There we go. Good. Much English. more gooder. <laughs> Much more gooder um, than LaShawn McCoy. But it's not true. It just didn't work. It didn't work out that way. But that's where eighty percent of the folks went. So if you were if you were a non Kareem Hunt owner in that pool and you got better than he got, I think he still scored like fifteen points because he caught some passes or something. Like that. It might yeah. have been eight. Might have been lower. But uh, it, you 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 made out because eighty percent of the people in the pool bet on Kareem Hunt, and that was a mistake. But we didn't know it was a mistake at the time. It made sense at the time. Yep. So, you know, I mean, that's where that's why I don't play tournaments. I'd rather safer plays. Guys are going to be in the 10 to 20 percent ownership. They're going to get me 2x minimum every week, most likely 3x. You know, my best DraftKings lineup this week scored 171 points. That's like 3.2x. I can live with that in a cash game all week long. But I put it into a quarter pool and I won 50 cents. Yeah, I think the highest I got this week was um, <clears throat> 140 points. 
But that's because DraftKings DraftKings has a different. They're a full point PPR. FanDuel's a half. Yeah. Use a kicker instead. You know who one of my my uh, my uh, flexes was this week was Alvin Kamara. You're trying to tell me there were kickers out there that outscored Alvin Kamara? I don't believe it. Alvin Kamara, in terms of a total adjuster, is going to be a uh, bigger did. play. The kicker for the Rams. Zerline? Yeah. Okay. Because, you know, that game was like 50 to right. 2. To me right now, <laughs> Ingram and Kamara are usable pretty much every week. They're like, they're going to be too expensive to use together a lot of weeks. It's going to be harder to do would New Orleans stacks. Would you do that? Would you do a New Orleans stack? I did this week. That's what scored 171 points. I had. Would you keep doing it, or do you only? Do I don't it know if I'm going to be able to afford to keep doing it because Kamara's uh, Kamara's value keeps sneaking up. It keeps increasing. Let, I'll pull it up really quick while we're chatting. So talk, sure. Greg. Talk about something. Talk, talk, talk. Yeah. So I tried FanDuel just because um, I didn't use it at all this year yet. Ooh, the Raiders fired their offensive coordinator. Ken they Norton did. Junior. Oh, defensive coordinator. Yeah. Wow. That's they did. wow. Uh, so I just wanted to see what the difference was. And so far, I mean, it's I mean, it's almost the same. The points are they there are like half points. You do have to use a kicker. Um, so with that, I mean, all kickers are like forty five hundred for the most part. A couple are like fifty five hundred. Oh, it's not giving me salaries. Oh, see what you did. It's not giving me salaries. I have another computer, but his salary has been steadily creeping up. Let's look at what it's going to be this week. Because that's kind of a key indicator, isn't it? Mm-hmm. I would say. What is Alvin Kamara's salary this week? I don't know. What is it? So you're liking FanDuel better at this point? Is that what I'm hearing? Um, as of right now, I their app, it's cool in some spots. But if you try to edit a lineup, it's just a pain in the ass. Alvin Kamara is $7,900. Alvin Kamara on FanDuel is 8100 Okay, so here I'm going to read it backwards. Ready? So... I'm just going to read the totals going backwards from week 12. Okay. 70. This is a salary for him on DraftKings. Okay. 79, 75, 69, 63, 59, 56, 45, <laughs> 39, <laughs> 4,000, 35, 35. So since week six, where he scored 12.7 points, and that was his low. I'm going to go back to week four. Week four was that big game blowout against Miami. Where he scored yep. 25.6 points. He was $3,900. Mm-hmm. His salary has gone steadily up to the point where it was 3900 in week four, and now it is 7900 It was a really? lot easier to stack him four or five weeks ago with Ingram, who also wasn't, who also was down a bit. Ingram's numbers have come up as his consistency has gone up. Ingram's salary, 81, 74, 76, 74. Okay, around the same number. 67, 44. 46, 45, around week seven, the fantasy world realized that those two guys are good. And all (laughs) of a sudden, and you could use both in a lineup. Yep. So I went from being able to draft Drew Brees, Michael Thomas, uh, Ingram and Kamara, and then fill it in with low level scrubs and cash to like, I can't, I don't think I can legally build a lineup anymore. What nope. happens if I go in there and build a lineup? All right, let's do it. All right, let's do it right let's now. Let's do it. I'm just going to do a live. Let's do a live. Do a live. I have no idea what that's even from, but I quote it all the time. Oh, no, that's from... Um, Is it Anchorman? No, that's from an outtake from... Um, Is it Thundercats? The guy on Fox. No, it was a real thing. Oh. <laughs> okay. It so was between takes of a show. If I do Breeze, Ingram, Kamara, and Michael Thomas. Okay. Okay. 
that is going to cost me $30,300 of my total. It leaves me only $39.40 per person to use. So I have to use minimums in the other two wideouts, the tight end, the flex, and the defensive team in order to make that happen. No way. Although I do like Ingram and Kamara, the Rams give up a lot on the ground. They give up a lot on the ground. So, all right. So, yeah. believe it or oh, not. Oh, that was, um, side note, that was Bill O'Reilly in an outtake of Inside Edition. Oh, yeah. He's one of my favorite people. All right. Here, here's a question for you. Yeah. Uh, you had one more receiver spot to fill. Yeah. Salary's not an issue. Salary's not an issue. Okay. Would you go with A.J. Green? Uh-huh. Baldwin? Mm-hmm. Jones. Mm-hmm. You can use Gronkowski. Julio Jones? Yes. Okay. Gronkowski. Mm-hmm. Mike Evans or Michael Thomas or Cooks? This week? This week. Out of those nine guys. Bengals are playing Cleveland. Seattle's playing San Francisco. Julio where's, Jones is Cincy? They're at Cincy playing Cleveland. Oh, Cleveland's secondary is terrible. I'd probably go A.J. Green, honestly. I think A.J. Green is going to be usable this week. This, Well, Cleveland has a tendency to isolate. I think if I remember correctly, the game that they played earlier this year, he wasn't tremendous, but he wasn't terrible. Hold on, I'm going to pull it up. Uh, he got, got 63 it. yards, one touchdown on five receptions. That's that's 11, that's 15 points. But I think LaFell had a good game that week. I think it was LaFell. So, um, but I'd still probably go A.J. Green. All right. I'll go AJ Green if I got to fill in a lineup there. All right. So believe it or not, we're almost out of time. Damn it. Yeah, I know. We've barely touched on a lot of the stuff. I have to put up a DFS stuff. I will put up DFS stuff Wednesday night. I apologize. It can't be any earlier, but this, this, at least you're getting the podcast early. That's um, true. So, you know, I guess final thoughts, Craig, Thanksgiving. What game are you watching? Let's put it that way. You can watch one of the three games. Who are you watching? Um, who? Which team? What's, I like the Minnesota Detroit game a lot. Probably. It's pr- gonna be probably. Or I'd lo- I want to see Stafford versus that Minnesota and defense. You know, back in the day, the Washington Giants game would have been good. I think, Even like two years ago, it would have been good. I, th- I think Washington's going to decimate New York. I think New York is yeah. going to walk into this. Bob McAdoo is going to knock over two or three liquor stores on his way in um, just because he looks like a mobster to me. And and then he's going to be like, yeah, oh, yeah, we're on top of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to look at some tape. I'm looking at some tape. And it's going to be we're going to be right back to like a 35-3 game. That's my personal take on it. Sorry, Giants fans. So yep. but I'm really want to watch the Minnesota Detroit game. But the reality is I'll probably watch the Washington Giants game because there's just nothing else to do Thursday night after the family leaves. What are you doing for Thanksgiving? <laughs> oh, I just made him talk. He's drinking. All right. So I'm having the in-laws over. That's what I'm doing. Um, my family's gathering. Unfortunately, I will not be with them. So I apologize. And for those of you in my family who do listen to the podcast, have a very good time without me. I will see you guys at Christmas. <laughs> wow. But yeah, I just will not. And Friday I'm working. I've, there's a, there's a hockey game and I'm serving beer at the arena. Yeah. Um, so. I'm going to my, going to my parents in the morning. Okay. Excuse me. And then we are headed to, uh, Laura's parents in New York. Hmm. And then on Friday, I am working all day. Well, you're in retail. I mean, yeah. I am working from 12 to 9. Can we can we disclose that Craig works at the Apple store? Is that going to get you fired? Nah, I just probably did. not. It's on tape. We did it live. So um, we won't tell you which Apple store because there are, there are, what is there in Connecticut? Like five of them now? It's five or six. There's, is there one still in Stanford? Yes. Stanford, Trumbull, New Haven. Danbury. I think Hartford, Danbury. Yeah. West, West Farms. West Farms. Is there one 
in Manchester? Yeah, it's in a mall. There's that West Farms mall. and the other one are near, near each other. That big ass mall up in up near Yukon that just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. When I was it's at like Yukon, an outdoor mall, isn't it? No, it's it. Well, it's it's scatter site. So, all right, really quick, we got time for this story. We got a minute. And when I was at Yukon in the nineties, they built this old old community voted to sell some land to a developer, and they were going to build a mall, a mall that's probably eh, forty or fifty stores in total. They were done developing. They had too much land, so they built this mall. So then the people on the other side of the mall sold their land to Best Buy, who built a store, who then sold more land to, I think it was Target, who built a store. Here we are 20 years later, and it is this massive shopping complex where there is like the mall, and the mall is completely packed with stores, but then there's all these freestanding stuff around it, like three restaurants. There's a Chili's, a TGI Friday's, and I think it's an Outback now. It used to be a Dakota's. Yep. Up up there. Or was it Bugaboo Creek? It was Bugaboo Creek. Because our buddy Keith loves Bugaboo Creek. And that was where we used to go for when he would come up to see me for Yukon. Um, so it just became this massive complex. So what started out as we have extra land and we can make some money for our condo complex by selling it has become there's a mall with like a small retirement community directly in the middle of this complex because it's just completely overgrown. And it's in the middle of nowhere. If there wasn't two university campuses, because Eastern Connecticut's over there as well, it would not, you know, be as as large. But <laughs> anyway, so we're looking forward to that. Let's take an opportunity to thank our listeners. We wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Um, leave us reviews wherever you listen to us. Player Especially FM, on iTunes, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, anywhere you listen to us. Uh, we really appreciate all the support. We hope everybody has a happy and safe Thanksgiving. Go out there, enjoy some time with your family and friends, whoever you are with. Enjoy some football. Uh, and we will be back in our regular slot next week. Until then, I am Britt. I'm Craig. And this is the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. Football Fig Nuts.